Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. My name is Brianna. Welcome to my podcast. Um, We are diving into Ephesians, and right now we are in chapter 5. And if you are doing the daily study in my book, Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ, um, it's a little mixed up. So we're doing week 9 and week 8 a bit, um, but I'm talking in general about all the concepts of not a hint um, and fleeing from sexual immorality in your life. If you have not, um, if you're listening to this for the first time or you're just listening to the podcast, I encourage you to dig into the book. To get it, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or on Westbow Press. And um, if you're loving it, please leave me a review on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I would absolutely love that. Um, I love hearing from people and seeing what God is doing in their lives when I see those reviews come up. And you can also go to my website, briannanye.com, and you can get all all the resources that I have there um, for you, including blog posts, and we have events. We have a cruise. We have a Caribbean cruise in 2020, July or June 28th through July 5th out of Baltimore to the Caribbean. And I am so excited about this. We are partnering with Andy Giesman of Addison's Walk Ministries, and he's an apologist. So bring your husbands, lady, if, ladies, if you have... Um, if you want to come with your husbands or your ki- your husband, not that you have more than one, but your husband or your children or bring your girlfriend, come with your sister, come with your daughter. And um, you can find that information on my website as well. Okay, we are digging into this week, not a hint. And I want to um, go ahead and open with prayer. And then we're going to dig into the scripture together. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for this podcast and this chance, Lord God, for me to speak your truth out to the world. And I pray for every single person that is listening to this, that you will give them, Holy Spirit, ears and eyes to see and hear what you want to say to them today. Use me, Lord God. Fill me with your spirit. Direct me, Lord God, as as I minister to these people listening, Lord God. And I pray for freedom today for women who are caught in confusion from this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to open this up and we're going to read. This is um, from the NIV UK, Ephesians 5, 1 through 5. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So one of the other one of the things we can do when we're reading scripture and we are struggling. Maybe you're reading this and you're like, "Hmm, what exactly do you mean, God, by not a hint?" I mean, some of us may think that's pretty obvious. But I was wondering cuz I realize somebody reading this may may be confused and um, you may be coming from a way different perspective than I am, but I just want you to know what the Word of God says, and, and I want to know what it says. So when I saw that, it meant not a hint. I used my Bible Hub app, love that app, and when I clicked on it in the search bar, I typed in that scripture. So I just typed in Ephesians 5, 3, 
And um, I looked it up and then I hit the, if I'm on my phone at the top in all caps, it has like little abbreviations and the GRK is for Greek. So I clicked on that. If you're on a laptop, it'll actually say Greek. And if you're in the Old Testament, it'll say Hebrew. But I clicked it and I got the, um, I got, it's like a little chart and it charts the whole entire verse. And I clicked on the word for not a hint. And it was, and on the left-hand side of the chart, you'll see there's numbers. Those are the Strong's Concordance numbers. And it's a three, six, number three, six, eight, seven. So if you click on the number, you're going to get more than if you click on the words. If you click on the number, not only are you going to get the Greek definition, but you're also going to get some background information on that word. And then you're going to get a lot of concordance information, like all the other places in scripture that that word is listed. So the word for not a hint is onomazo. Now I may be pronouncing that wrong, but um, this means I give a name to or mention. So basically it's saying you should not be named or mentioned at all for being sexually immoral. And I want to bring up the um, something that I think is really, really powerful is the Billy Graham rule. Billy Graham, when he began his ministry, um, he spent a lot of time away from home. And I've love, love, love listening to his wife, Ruth, who's with the Lord now, but Ruth Bell Graham and his daughters. I love listening to their ministries um, and they missed him dearly. But when he was gone, he had a special accountability with the men he was traveling with um, that he would never have be alone ever. Not just he wouldn't be alone with a woman, but he would never be alone. Um, he would never be alone while he was traveling doing ministry at all. So no one could ever accuse him falsely, like, um, or make something up about him. It says in scripture to flee from the appearance of evil. I think in our day and age, a lot of people say like, eh, like I don't care what anybody says about me. But really, as believers, we should care what people think because we're a light for Christ and we want our name to be, um, our name is, yeah, they're a Christian. And um, so we have to have those those guidelines in place. And so Billy Graham was always had a man with him. If he had to meet with a woman, like if he had to meet for something, he would have some other people with him. So he had those accountability partners. And I know that Mike Pence also has the same rule. And it's funny because, <laughs> because everybody makes fun of him for it, um, even though he's doing it out of respect for his wife and to, re and to protect him himself. And what he's doing with that rule that Billy Graham rule is not being legalistic. It's being smart. It's it's putting, as the Bible says, no confidence in the flesh, knowing that like, first of all, as soon as we think like, well, I would never, I would never cheat on my husband or I would never do this or that. The first, when you say that, you have put confidence in your own ability. And that is not putting confidence in Christ. So what they're doing in that is saying, I am willing to submit to the fact that I'm just a dude in our own. <laughs> I don't think Billy Graham would have said I'm just a dude, but you know, he he would have said, I'm just a man. And I'm I'm just a man or I'm just a woman, and I have weaknesses. And also the fact that I have an enemy, the devil, who would love to destroy me. And so I'm going to trust Christ 
by putting these special things in place for accountability to keep me safe, to keep my ministry safe, to keep my family safe, and to keep the name of of Jesus safe from disrepute, even though people will automatically, like, because people make fun of Mike Pence for that, and they turn it into something like, like he's sexist. Well, he's not sexist. It's just, it's just smart to say, okay, if, if somebody is, if somebody's that way, if somebody is putting that rule in place, it's to honor his wife and other women and not to say like women are equal with men. It's just, um, yeah. So basically that is, that's what um, Billy Graham did. And there's not very many pastors and people in public that have made it unscathed to their 99th birthday of a scandal. So, <laughs> you know, almost everybody, it's sad how many you have all these people just dominoes falling left and right. Um, but we need to have that accountability in the church. And so also when we think of this word, this Greek word, um, to be named, and we think of a hint, um, I think of food. So when I go out to eat, I, you know, I like, especially if it's an exotic place like Thai or Indian, I love food. I'm such a foodie. So I'll sit and try to test like, okay, what flavors are in this? Like, what can I taste? And I'll try to, oh, I taste a little bit of um, cumin in that, or, and I, I taste a little garlic in that. And kind of learning these are the flavors that you use if you're making Latin food. These are the classic flavors if you flavors if you're making Italian or Greek or Indian. And I recently, in the past couple years, started trying Thai. And the first couple times that I tried to make a Thai dish, it just tasted gross. I mean, it just tasted confusing because there were so many flavors. Like I, I thought like. I was throwing everything in, like just trying stuff that I thought would go in there. And I'm not really a recipe follower. So some of you may be like mortified, like I would never do that. I would always follow a recipe. But I'm more like follow my flavor palette. My palate tells me to throw in some Thai red curry rub or um, or paste, you know, and, and some coconut milk. But I had put way too much and it wasn't balanced out. So when someone ate, like when my family ate it, they were like, it tastes like a lot's going on in this dish, mom, you know, um, it's it tastes like peanut butter and it's a little spicy. It didn't taste like the Thai dishes that I so thoroughly enjoyed with the peanut flavor and the coconut milk and the spice. It was just not awesome. So I think I, I've, thankfully, I'm a little, maybe I'm a little proud that I've kind of refined that and I've, I'm getting it down to an art. I still love my to go out to Thai because, of course, I can't make it as good as the Thai restaurant. But on the last try, my family did say, Mom, this tastes exactly like the Thai restaurant. And I was like, yes, I did it. I'm so excited. I'm learning the balance of the flavors. So what flavors your life? Um, so if you are living a life that where you're, um, allowing a certain level of sexual immorality into your life. A hint. Again, it's a hint. It doesn't take much lemon to make lemon water. You know, you can have water. As soon as you put some lemon in, it's lemon water. It's not just water anymore. So if you are a Christian and you are named for God, remember the Greek word means to be named for, to give a name. And you're named for God and you're walking around you know, saying Jesus, but then you're also 
living in adultery. That is going to, people are going to say, there's a lot of flavors. There's a lot going on in this dish. (laughs) Oh boy. And not to mention, that's what they used to call women back in the 1940s, just for fun. Just, I'm going to add that word. I love words. So there's a lot going on in this dish. So yeah. So here we go. We have, we have this idea that, that what we do and what we allow into our life is what we're known for. And so what are you known for? And you may think this little uh, like, uh, I and, and you might not even look at it as pornography, but if you are on Pinterest or you're on Instagram and you are constantly like looking at really, really inappropriate pictures and pinning them, um, that's a hint right there. That's a hint, okay? Um, what, what are you filling your mind with? Because first of all, the Holy Spirit is in the house with, it's, he's living inside of you if you're a believer in Jesus. So what is he sharing the space with? You gotta ask. So let's think about this too. What are we allowing into our homes as a family? A lot of people say like, okay, well, this is entertainment. I don't really do this kind of stuff, but I'll watch um, I'll watch sex scenes or I'll watch um, I'll watch films or TV shows with a lot of uh, profanity or a lot of um, sexual immorality or sensuality in the scenes, and it's not going to affect me. And first of all, the the idea that that you can expose yourself to sin and it doesn't affect you is again putting your confidence in the flesh. Um, but also thinking about this, um, if you have children, and not just if you have children, but if you have children and you're watching certain things, like, well, you can't watch this movie, only mommy and daddy can watch this movie because it has nudity in it. What are you teaching your kids? You're saying, when you get older, you're allowed to watch this kind of stuff. And it's just a matter of time till it can be in your life. So we're priming our children to understand or not to understand the kind of life believers should live. And it's just that it's just the same, the same exact way. What if as it was back in Bible times, what I think um, when I when I read about things that happened in the Roman Empire, they had gladiators where they had people that were killed and massacred and they had these bloody fights and people would go to the Colosseum and that was their entertainment. And you may think like, that's horrible. They're, you know, they're going to the Colosseum to watch a gladiator kill a lion or a lion rip a gladiator apart. That's horrible. How could the culture be so debased? Well, that's what we do, except it's all art. You know, it's all Hollywood and it's a depiction and it's not real, but we're still entertained by, um, we're still entertained by certain things. And the same thing, like, oh, in in the Roman Empire, there were prostitute there was prostitution worship. There were temples everywhere, and it was very high profile that women and they were very powerful women, that people would go to these Roman temples and they would have um, intimacy with a prostitute. They would unite themselves with a prostitute so that that prostitute could give them spiritual access to the gods. And that was real life thing. And in the same way nowadays, nowadays, well, people people watch, they they watch a lot of stuff on TV. They expose themselves to a lot of things online and they kind of go like, okay, that's just that's just a movie. And they'll say, like, well, I live in grace and not legalism. 
but maybe you should ask Jesus. You should really go before the Lord and say, God, and I'm not making a rule here for you, but I am saying maybe you should go to God and say, God, are the things that I'm allowing myself to watch, are the types of entertainment that I'm filling my mind with and I'm filling my kids' minds with, does it honor you? Am I truly offering you a, a fragrant af- uh, aroma, a fragrant offering? Is my life an offering to you? And am I being deceived, God, by thinking I can watch these things and have it not affect me? You need to ask the Lord this because I, I'm going to guarantee that um, nobody in their flesh is strong enough <laughs> spiritually to indulge in sin and have it not affect them. So when we say not a hint, um, we need to ask the Lord. We need to say, Lord, is this is this what I'm doing? Is this entertainment I'm taking in? Is this honoring to you? And we need to ask, I'm going to encourage you to ask the Lord, is my life honoring to you? Are the things that I let into my life honoring you? And I'll leave you with that today because um, if you have um, kind of just mindlessly opened yourself up to whatever entertainment that you've enjoyed. I mean, entertainment is entertainment because it's something that entertains. That's really profound, right? It's it's something that um, we enjoy doing. So it's something that draws us in and it's specifically designed by these experts in Hollywood. They know how to draw people in. They know exactly how to do it. And it's down to a science. And have you been drawn into certain types of entertainment that you should not be watching or listening to when it comes to music. Um, And this is just between you and the Lord, because I don't know what you watch. I don't know what you listen to. I'm not naming any shows. I'm not naming any music. But I'm just saying, is every part of your life submitted to the Lord? So there you go. That's um, my question for you today. And I'm asking you just to pray and ask the Lord. Um, Don't just assume, because if we start assuming that everything's right with God, then we open ourselves up to deception. It's really when we take the scripture and we get on our face before God and we say, God, teach me. Teach me what you want to teach me today. So thank you so much and come back for tomorrow in week nine, day four. 